Welcome, welcome everyone to Catfish Weekly, uh, along with Chris Wallace and Chuck Davison. I'm Lyle Stokes. Uh, we're tonight's show sponsored by uh, Whiskerware Apparel. Mark uh, Farrell is having some difficulty getting signed in. He'll be joining us if everything goes right in a little bit. They're having storms over there where he's at. But we are fortunate enough tonight to have uh, the two gentlemen that fished with him in the tournament a week or so ago, Daniel Kennedy and Aaron Patrick. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We, uh, Mark uh, picked up when uh, Joe Lucky and Jerry Klein's boat uh, truck failed him and and uh, ended up taking both these warriors out with him uh, and, and won the, the uh, Fishing for Freedom tournament. So uh, it was great to have him do that. And glad to have you guys on the show. Chris, you got anything to ask to talk to these boys about? Oh, yeah, of course I do. So uh, first off, what, what branch are each of you in in the military? Aaron? Uh, Aaron, go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm currently uh, in the Army right now. been in for almost 15 years. Currently? You planning on switching? No. Not right. any, well, you yeah. said currently. I was just curious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dan? I was uh, I was in the Army. I was a 19, uh, 19 Delta Cav Scout. I got out about two and a half year ago, uh, years ago. And... I just had surgery not too long ago, so I'm just, I'm not working right now. I'm just kind of healing up from surgery, so. Well, um, thank you both for your service. Uh, you guys can never hear that enough. Um, what you do for us, uh, you can't even begin to say thank you enough to you guys. So I really appreciate it. My family, everybody appreciates what you do for us. Thanks, sir. Um... Was the Fishing for Freedom this last year, was it the first time you've done this event, or have you done it before? I've done it four times. Uh, I signed up for the five times, but I ended up going to a school for the military, so I've only done it four times. And this was my uh, second year. I went last year and then came this year. Have you, have you catfished every time you've been there, or has it been different species? This was the first time I catfished uh, during the uh, Fish for Freedom. Usually it's a uh, bass fishing. Yeah, last year I went uh, I went catfishing with uh, Doug Rice last year. Oh, Doug is awesome, isn't he? <laughs> Dougie. Yeah, so you did catfish last year, and then you catfished again this year, Dan? Yeah. Okay. Have, have With Aaron being this that your first year for the catfishing, did you find that you enjoy it more than the bass fishing? I, I, I do I do enjoy it a lot more. I've actually been doing a lot of catfishing up here, uh, down here in uh, Kansas. Um, it needs to be, to me, it's it's more uh, more interesting. Uh, may have to wait here and there to get the right fish, but uh, I've been using a lot of stink bait down here, and it seems to be working pretty well. Uh, that and chicken liver. And uh, just recently, a few days ago, I've actually uh, started using the uh, cut bait. Got a few good bites off that, but more so than most, I've caught most of my catfish on the stink bait down here. Yeah, once you start to get to use the cut baits and and some of the things that we talk about on the show, when you when you start moving away from the stink bait and the liver, you'll start catching bigger fish. Probably in this time right now, you're probably dealing with what a lot of us are, and that's the spawn. And normally, you're not going to catch them big fish. 
during the spawn. So I think once you hook into the 30, 40, 50 pound fish, you're, you're probably going to be hooked for life. Oh. <laughs> Look what, forward. what is the biggest you've caught, Aaron? Biggest catfish? Well, the biggest catfish I caught was one that we had uh, at Fish from Freedom. I believe that weighed in at what? Was it 16 and a half or was it 18 and a half? I can't remember. It was 16, something like that. One of the two, 16 or 18, I don't quite remember. I forgot to take a picture of the board. <laughs> was, was it a flathead? Yeah. yeah, it was a flathead. Yeah. And Dan, what would be your big catfish? Um, I think I think it was probably around 20 pound channel cat, but I don't. It was about about 30 inches long. I don't know. I didn't have a scale, so yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, the uh, a twenty pound channel cat in my parts is a, is a that's a beast of a channel cat. We we don't see them much much over fifteen pounds around here. So, you know that twenty twenty pound channel and there's parts of the country where they go up thirty thirty five pounds. And you know for a lot of us guys that do a lot of cat fishing, you know it's 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 one of the places. You know there's a couple places. There's like Mendota, I believe, has some really nice channel cats, um, which is Wisconsin. Um, uh, up at Minnesota, I believe it is, uh, Red, is it the Red River that is, where, where's that, North Dakota? North Dakota and Minnesota, Red River, yeah. Yeah, North Dakota, Minnesota, Red River has some monster 30-pound channel cats, 25-30-pound channel cats, it's, like I said, it's where a lot of us would love to go catch, you know, fish like that, but, um, if you guys are really, uh, Getting into the catfishing thing, you, you'll start to pick things up, and, and you'll start catching bigger fish, and then, you know, you'll you get into them twenty pounders. Those are those are great fighting fish too. I mean, uh, when you get into the bigger fish, you're you're probably the, some of the first time you get into like that forty, fifty, sixty pound blue, you're, you're not going to understand what the feeling is. You're going to th- there's so many people that even get a fish like that, they think they're snagged. You know, they're like, oh, man, I'm snagged. They're just not used to that feeling. And when you feel it move, you're, you've got this brand new, oh, my God, you know, like the little kid, <laughs> you know, opening the present. You're going to have, it's not like nothing you'll ever, you can ever even explain. It's it's an absolute awesome feeling. And then once you pull it up and you've got that fish in there and you see all of us and all the pictures online of these guys holding these big fish, you understand why they're smiling so big. I just don't see how you how you could not. <laughs> but uh, I would like to see you know you have all the branches of the military have the you know the the competition. Oh, I think we might have Mark coming in now. Yep. But all the yep. I'd say all these branches of the of the military like to have competitions with each other. You know the Army versus Navy, and you know the. All, all you know the football games and and baseball and anything they can wrestling that they are going to compete against each other. I just can't wait. I want to see the the competitive catfishing tournament against the military branches. Yeah, you guys got to get that going. You you know. <laughs> than I am. <laughs> that'd be nice. That'd be yeah. that'd be. So on on the on the fishing for freedom when you guys fish that. Um, what were you tar- were you targeting flatheads? Were you targeting blues, or or what what exactly was your guys' goal when you were out there? What were you going for exactly? 
I think it was basically just to catch some catfish. I, I, I care less which kind it was, but uh, I guess we were hoping for some blues because it's more likely probably bigger, right? But um, caught, I think three different types we caught out there. We caught the blue and we caught the flathead, so uh, just so happened to be that the flathead ended up being bigger than the, the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah, there's... Yeah. I wanted to catch blue cat, but he said uh, in that pool, there's not very many uh, blue cat in that area. But yeah, and if they were on the spawn, it, it made everything tough, I'm sure. Which, you know, it can happen a week later, a week earlier than that tournament. It, you know, it sounds like the way Lyle talked about it could be uh, that tournament's just right in that spawn time. You know, it's real real close on it and and a lot of times more than not it's going to be in there but there's still big fish that can be caught even on the on the spawn so um you know don't don't give up and, and keep going for them catfish in that uh, in that tournament and I, I i'd almost bet that one year you guys are going to hook into what i'm talking about and especially if you if you get into it on your free time and and you start picking up catfishing as as your you know your premier cat uh i guess off time so you do that and you start watching these shows you'll 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 pick up a lot of tidbits of information and and you know watching the guys online and you're going to figure out you know where you need to go what kind of baits you're going to use and but what were you going to say there Aaron I'm sorry I just think that uh, one of my plans is to uh, start looking into uh, doing more catfishing uh, since I've been catching so much down here I really I, mean, I really enjoyed catching Fast and I was living in Michigan, but since I'm getting further south and being off the Mississippi, living in Quincy for for three years and doing a lot of catfishing out there and learning different ways, um, and then of course coming to Fort Riley, Kansas, catching a lot of fish out there. But um, I'm definitely getting more into it and trying different things. And it, it was a good time fishing with Mark and learning how they uh, used to cut bait up there and you know, trying different areas. But I think the biggest thing we have uh, issues. Every time for fish for freedom is that uh, there's always high a high level of water every year that you fish. So I think it causes a lot of issues with certain areas and certain pools, uh, especially with uh, bass fishing up there. But I don't know how much that affects the catfish. But I know the last four years I was in it for bass, it was it, was, it really affected all the flooding and the fish just went in different areas. So. <laughs> Hi, Mark and two ladies. If you can hear me, we see you. <laughs> I'm glad you can see me because I can't see you. Yeah, we see you. Welcome to the show, by the way, Mark. We're talking to we're talking to Aaron and Dan here. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. How you all doing? Pretty good. good. That was kind of an ordeal. <laughs> How's the storms over there, Mark? Well, they're passed through for now, but it sounds like we got another round coming. Yeah, us too. All right. Well, I was just talking to them a little bit about catfishing, and, and Mark, I'll tell you thanks too for, for stepping up and taking a couple guys out, you know, and, and helping uh, Ludke out that when they couldn't get somebody out on their boat, you stepped up and got a couple couple guys out on the boat with you. That's a... Uh, that's awesome that you do that, man. Well, I was proud to do it. You know, you never can do enough, so I'm yep. glad to be able to do it. 
Yeah, I'd have loved to have been there. Hopefully, I'll be there next year. Um, then my plans, I planned to be there this year. I just and I, I forgot to put it in my calendar and ended up going to a different benefit tournament. Uh, but hopefully I'll get to meet some of you guys in person next year. I, I want to be out there and get get some guys on the boat with me and, and go out and have some fun. Yeah, uh, the last two years I meant to be there. It just never worked out. I didn't make it. And uh, I was glad to be able to make it there this year and take those guys out. Just wish we could have fished longer. Yeah. I heard that you had to get off the water, and there was a storm came through, so you're off the water for a couple hours. And yeah, uh, Joe and his dad were broke down on the ramp, so Joe had the trailers in the water waiting on us. He knew we were coming in. That storm was chasing us across the river. So, Mark, how, um, how many have you done the the fishing for freedom before, or was this your first year going? Yeah, this is my first year. Did you think everything was ran good and, and have a have a real good time at the event? Yeah, I thought everything was running good. The only complaint I had was I would have liked to taken the guys out the day before, you know, and got another day on the water. It's six hours it's not very long. Now do they not assign your the the person that you're taking out with you until the day of or, or do they do that the day before? Well, we put they have us put our name in a basket and in the, in the uh these guys drew us out when they came in. Okay. So yeah, that would be awesome if, if they were willing and could meet you the day before. Yeah, go out and get them out there a couple days. Yeah, if we do it again, that's what we need to do. Yeah, the last four years we did that. We're, uh, we were already paired up with our boaters, and then we could uh, get with them on that Friday during the, uh, the shoot, um, where they do the uh, ski shoot. Yeah. And then we were able to uh, plan to do something that in the morning, uh, either go out and pregame or whatever. And I think it worked out pretty well the last four years. This is the first time we've done it. I was picking a name out of a bowl, so I, I don't know why they did it this year. Stop. Honey. <laughs> well, um, I'm ready. I think that's all I have for now, unless I think of something else. But I'll go ahead and hand it over to Chuck. I'm sure he's got plenty of questions for you. Thanks for, thanks for talking with me, guys. Thank you. Ah, welcome, Mark, and my brothers in arms, Daniel and Aaron. Um, I'm, pr I'm prior service myself. I was in from uh, 86, 92, U.S. Army myself. Um, and I think it's great all these uh, guys stepping up and, and doing something for the Warriors who uh, who give so much and a lot of times the ultimate sacrifice to uh, you know that it's just you know we're never able to do anything for the ones that go that far but um, I, I'm really wanting to try to get something going down here in Alabama there's we don't have anything like that down this way there's one small little bass gig up in Gunnersville that uh, usually turn out and and ended up a bunch of guys got caught. <clears throat> they were trying to do the stolen Valor thing to where they were saying that they were prior service. And they actually did backgrounds on them. And there was like three or four of them got caught trying to come fish and never even uh, served in the military day one. So um, it's getting bad. People trying to get attention for not doing nothing. But there is people out there that try to do that. Um, so... 
Aaron, up in Michigan, did you try to do any kind of catfishing up there at all? Did y'all have any rivers that have flatheads or channel cats up in that area? I'm sure there was catfish up there. I just uh, I never really did any catfishing. I mean, most of the time we were doing a lot of bass fishing or uh, a lot of bluegill up there, a lot of perch. Uh, did a lot of salmon fishing off Lake Michigan, a lot of downrigging out there, but... Uh, we didn't do too much of that. I mean, did a lot of bullhead, and about it. I mean, whatever we caught, we caught. It wasn't like any tournaments. Uh, me and my twin brother used to go fishing all the time. He was actually at, at the Fish for Freedom this year, too. So basically, we just went out and had fun. The only tournaments I started doing was one for Fish for Freedom in Quincy. So. There is a St. Joe, there's a St. Joe River that's way up north that runs through Michigan and Indiana. Um, it, it's a good flathead and channel river up that uh, in that area, but it's it's southern Michigan, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my uh, I met my my wife actually lived in St. Joe, so we've been up there quite a few times. They got family up there. Usually we go up there. Yeah, pretty nice. If you ever go there, it's, it's normally good to take some live bluegills and throw them out right up next to the shore, and yeah, uh, you can catch some nice channel cats, some nice flatheads in that in that in that river there, so. Oh, yeah. Definitely have to try that. Yeah, you'll be doing a lot more research uh, when you start getting more into catfishing. Um, I know I did. I did a lot of research. I read up on the uh, uh, everything about it. You know, the biology, uh, the the way that they would migrate. Um, you know, what was in my area. Um, I mean, it just it starts getting deep when you start getting the fever. I mean, you just want to research and all. You got what five years left? Are you plan on uh, moving back to Michigan when you get out? No, I'm gonna try to stay in the south. I think Michigan's uh, not gonna happen unless <laughs> I get there for a job. But uh, I would l- rather stay where it's warmer. Uh, I'm actually getting ready to move to Colorado here in the next. Uh, month or so, so I'll be out there trying to do some fishing as well, so I don't know how it is out there, but I'm sure I'll find out when I get there. Uh, I'd rather move back to Georgia, but uh, I guess we'll see what happens here in the next five years. I, I was stationed at uh, Fort Benning, Georgia for uh, a few years, and we fished, fished the Chattahoochee River a lot, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. You know, it, the people down there are so much into catfishing. The baseball team's called the Mudcats. Okay. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it's really big down here. It'd, it'd be great to have you down here if you if you move on down. Just look me up. And we'll we'll go out. Yeah, it sounds good. I, I used to do a lot of fishing on the uh, Canucci River, right outside of uh, Savannah. So I mean, it was part of it's brackish water, and then you know there's a lot of gators, but. Every time I went to catch something, I catch an alligator gar, so I had my difficulties catching the right fish out there. Yeah, they, there's a big river, the Altamal or something like that, that they've been having some pretty good tournaments in. It's it's in, uh, like, southeast Georgia, uh, and they had a, a big 24-hour event here about a month ago with a really good turnout, so... You know, it's catching on. I just hope Georgia gets more into the uh, conservation side of things and everything starts growing out that way. So uh, uh, thanks for serving our country, and uh, I'm going to get with Daniel and ask him a few things. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for your service.
How's it going, Daniel? Oh, uh, pretty good. So, uh, how long did you? Uh, how long you been catfishing before you? Uh, you know, in your younger high school years and all, before you decided to go into the military. I probably started catfishing when I was about six. That's what we used to always go at night or real early in the morning during the summertime. <coughs> fish uh, crappie in the fall, but about six or seven, I'd say. So, uh, what area did you write, get raised in? Uh, Central Illinois. So I'm by like Lake Shelbyville, uh, Lake Springfield, Lake Decatur, uh, Sangamon River. So. Yep. So you you had the catfishing in your blood too. So all that talk was a little bit of talk about a little tournament going on. You was ready to go then, wasn't you? Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's uh. Yeah, it's it. The fever gets in you, and it's just um, you know. I, I bass fished for a long time. Uh, you know, in the late in the late nineties, I, I catfished a lot in my younger days before I went into the military. And when I got out, I had a, my best friend had a bass boat, and I tried to do a lot of tournaments with him. And I just did. I felt like I didn't fit in when I got to the tournaments. Um, I didn't feel like talking to the guys that were around. I just felt like an outcast, and for some reason, it just wasn't my crowd. And uh, after getting a few jobs working, you know, seven days a week, 12 hours a day, and, um, you know, not being able to get out, finally when I got a good job uh, to where I was able to do it, first time, first tournament I went to, man, I, I knew it was for me. Um, and everybody I've met in the catfish industry and that come and fish these tournaments and everything, um, a great bunch of guys. So it, it's a really a good sport to get into, and you know uh, it's a good investment getting some good gear, and um, you know hanging with it. Do uh, I actually do a lot of fishing out of uh, a kayak? I got a Wilderness Systems ride, and uh, it's about a 12-foot kayak, and uh, I mean I can stand up in it. You know I I still bass fish and you know for crappie and everything, but I've been drifting with it. I got a drift sock that comes with it, has been drifting up and down lakes with it, and it's it's not been doing too bad. I've caught a few, nothing nothing to brag about, but just trying to figure out how to do that with not having a boat, a real boat. All right, uh, you know, you know what puzzles me when I know y'all did the same thing when y'all were growing up, and you know we had Zebco 33s and small, you know, spinning reels and such, and we would go out so-calling catfish with them, using chicken livers, um, you know, large fiddle worms, night crawlers. And, you know, when, when you caught that one fish that you couldn't get in, and it happened about every trip, and he would break your 12-pound line, um, and you always wondered what that fish was. And, I mean, it happened a lot, you know. And, you know, by, by investing and, and getting the right gear and getting the stuff where you can finally get these fish in that you always wondered what got away, it may only have been a 15-pound catfish. It may have been a 60-pounder. You never know. But, you know, getting this good gear where you can finally land these fish and get to see, you know, what you was missing all these years is, uh, you know, is real exciting. Don't ever go fishing with me because any fish you miss, I'm going to tell you. I was an 80-pounder. I can't believe you lost it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, uh, real quick, Dan, you don't happen to live anywhere near that LaSalle or Powerton, do you? No. Uh, I've never even heard of that. You said you're in Illinois, right? Yeah. Yeah, there, there's two hot water lakes that are, um, they're supposedly have really nice blues in them, so some oh, big okay. blues. I heard about I get like an outdoors magazine and it had that uh like a map of the place that yeah it said it has blue cat in a lake I saw that yeah the uh, there's a couple guys that we know Indiana Hunter uh, Jason and Heath Malone they just went to LaSalle Saturday and they filmed uh, some catfishing out there they I think their their big one might have been 12 15 pounds somewhere in that area but there's a lot bigger than that out there and and you know. They have a lot of really cool videos, and that's some somewhere you might want to look at. Uh, uh, maybe going sometime and seeing if you can, if it's close enough, you know, go and try to get on some big fish. All right, Mark, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Great job taking these guys out. Um, that was a really good time. I just wish you would have had more time with them. I, I hate that that storm came in and, um, you know, not having that much time to begin with. I bet that was a real crusher right there. Yeah, we didn't have much time to figure it out, that's for sure. Yeah, you did a good job getting them on them, and um, you didn't waste no time from what I heard getting them on them. So, um, <laughs> so uh, I... You know, I, I, I bet they're going to want to uh, try to enlist you next year. No, I hope so. Yeah. Everybody that I talked to at Fishing for Freedom said that Mark was the man. That's what I heard, too. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> In our area, he kind of is, yeah. <laughs> so y'all were like, yeah, I got it going on. We're ready now. Yeah. I don't want to believe everything here. <laughs> So, uh, but what what kind of uh, techniques did you use when you took them out, Mark? Was you uh, you know anchoring, drifting, dr uh, dragging, or what was you doing? We and, uh, were we were mostly anchored. Uh, the river was fast. It was muddy. We pre-fished uh, Quincy the day before, and we just, we just decided that if the river was going to clear up at all, it would be as far north as we could get. So we went clear up to Pool 19. And we were able to get out there first thing in the morning and get across on the west side of the river before the wind got too bad, and we managed to catch a pretty good channel cat over there, about eight or nine pounds, I think. And then we got run off the river by the storm. Got back on the water. Uh, there was no fish the west side of the river at all. It was just tearing it up. Total white caps. So we... Uh, Headed in towards an island that we like the looks of, and we got about halfway between the buoy and the island. We come on a, a really steep ledge. It went from like 30 feet of water up to about six, like 10 feet. And we just spun around and set up on that. And, uh, Daniel hooked up on that seven-pound flathead on the flat, and then uh, Aaron dropped. Finally went down out on the drop, and that was the bigger flathead. I think it was 16 something. 
And it was pretty slow after that. When it cleared off and the sun came out, the fishing really slowed down. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty bad time of the year anyway. With you know the 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 spawn being you know right. at a breakout at any time. You know it, it it may hold off, it may not. But man, it it got hot quick this year, and the spawn happened everywhere way before it was supposed to. It I believe the uh, fish were spawning down here. Uh, you know, the beginning of May, around the second week of May, we we, we we had a tournament, and I think there was only like two blues caught, and uh, two weeks before that, I mean, we people were just loading up on them, so, um, you know, they're, they're still not, they're still not on, you know, hitting pretty good down here, I think it takes them a while to, you know, get their energy back and, and get wanting to feed again. Um, you know, people's been out drifting and stuff with no luck with anything over 20. So I don't know if you know what's going on with them if they're doing any kind of secondary spawning or anything. But um, it's been over a month and there's not any activity at all hardly going on down here. Yeah, I heard that uh, the guys down at St. Louis and Alton on the Mississippi with the blues they were catching were pretty beat up. So I knew that they were getting ready to go on the spot anytime. Yeah. So uh, uh, when you when you was planning out taking these guys out, you were it it, it was more uh, it was a lot on you. It was uh, a lot more on you than you going out and fishing any tournament. Uh, you had a lot of you, you had a lot of pressure on you, didn't you? Yeah. You know you want to put those guys on fish. But Oh yeah, it's. I know what you mean. I got a quick question for you, Mark. I, I'm kind of curious. Um, you know, I've heard that you're the man down there. Um, now, now you fish the Mississippi a lot mainly, or do you fish the Ohio? Any? Uh, mostly Mississippi and the Illinois and the Missouri. I fish the Ohio, but if I'm down there, it's for a tournament. Now, on the Mississippi and the Missouri, for the Ohio River. For whatever reason, it seems like an eight, nine, ten-pound channel cat is a really good channel cat for for the big river. Is that is it the same there, or is it on the Mississippi, especially the Upper Mississippi? There's a lot of big channel cat in there, but it seems like as you get further south, the blues and flatheads seem to dominate size-wise. I mean, as far as your channel cat, just don't seem to be as big on the Mississippi. I, I was always curious on why you know we have this big giant Ohio River, and eight and nine pound channel cats are considered really big channel cats, whereas most of the lakes in the state of Indiana you can catch twelve, fifteen pound channel cats, and you know it, it, with the big blues, big flatheads down in the Ohio River, why aren't the fish getting the channel cats, you know, getting to the same size they're getting in our lakes? I, I've always been curious to that. That's a good question. I'm not sure I can answer that one. Yeah, I didn't. It doesn't sound like you're dealing. Yeah, it doesn't sound like you really have the exact same situation as what we have. So if you got big channel cats down there, I think a Rising Sun tournament two years ago we weighed in uh, six, might have been five or six fish, but it was 50 or 60 pounds, almost 10 pound average, and they said it was one of the, one of the, if not the uh, best channel cat weigh-ins they've seen in that tournament. So. 
Yeah, I mean, that's it's really, for all the years that I've been fishing it now, which is only, you know, six years maybe now, and I, I've not seen too many in that 9, 10-pound range or better uh, on channel cats, yet I've seen plenty of 60- and 70-pound blues um, and, and some big 50-pound flatheads and stuff. So I've just been curious. I didn't know if maybe you'd have an answer for me. <laughs> Yeah, it might be the lack of forage. I mean, those bigger fish, maybe they're dominating. They're getting the majority of the feed. Yeah. Or bad genes, maybe. I, I don't know. Just a bad gene pull in the area. But, all right, well, that's all I have for you. Thanks. All right, Lyle, what you got? Well, first off, I want to thank you guys for your service in our military. It means more to a lot of us than we can describe and more than you'll ever know, I promise you. Um, we fish that Fishing for Freedom tournament every year, and um, although I dearly love the Monsters of the Ohio and several of the other events we go to, that is the most fun tournament that we do every year, and we wouldn't miss it for anything. Um, Cindy and I go out and, and uh, take uh, we took the same guy out the last couple of years and had just an absolute great time with him. And uh, uh, like I say, we can't thank you enough for what you do and what you have done, uh, Mark. You know, I know you and Joe are uh, pretty good friends, and you guys fish some stuff together. But to step up like you did and take both these guys out, uh, there's nothing that that any of us can say that that will compensate for what you've done. And, and uh, not that someone else wouldn't have done it, but you did do it, and uh, and to take two guys out that you didn't know at all and to win that tournament, that's just pretty outstanding. And uh, you know, I, I'm I'm very glad that you did do that. It, it's a, it a great day. Um, did you have a plan? Did you know the storms was going to be up there where you was at during that tournament, Mark? Well, the the forecast for the storms were kind of hit and miss, but the wind was almost a sure thing, and that kind of bothered me going all the way up there in that wide open part of the river, but I figured the water would be clearer up there, and it was a little bit, and there would be, well, I mean, there was plenty of current in the whole river, but it was a little more manageable up there because the river was a lot wider. Right, right, and it is wide up there at that. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's the widest point, but it's a, one of the wider points in our area. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. We we looked at going up there, but I was just, you know, we had a situation, a certain situation in, with us, and we felt like the, our best bet was stay below Quincy Dam, and uh, it didn't really work out for us. But you know, there's we have times like that. We still had a really, really good time. And from what I see, these guys, you put them on the kind of fish that they enjoyed, and they had a wonderful time. And um, it's the winning of the tournament is a great thing, but to take those guys out and let them catch a couple of fish, and that's um, more worthy than anything. And uh, I hope that you will. Uh, you're planning on fishing it again because I think it'll be a fight after you guys tearing it up this year. There, who's going to get in the boat with you next time? Yeah, I plan on fishing it next year. At least I hope to, unless something comes up that I can't. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, I know that they would love to have you in there. And uh, Glenn Sanders and them guys, they do an excellent job putting that tournament on. Um, the dinner, the, the dinner the night before is really good, and uh, all the the stuff that they have leading up to the tournament is just outstanding. And 
maybe next year you guys can have a chance or whoever you get to take out to be in the boat a little bit uh, Saturday or the day before the tournament or something so you kind of uh, put a plan together and hopefully we won't have such bad weather because that wind was, was really brutal. <laughs> you boys, um, I know Daniel said that he'd been out of the military for a few years and Aaron's still in. Uh, you never know where you're going to be stationed at, do you, Aaron? No. Um, like, I've been uh, I've been here at Fort Raleigh for a little over a year now, and I'm already going somewhere else. So it's, right. It just depends on, you know, your job. I mean, I'm an armor guy, so I'm on tanks. So, I mean, if they need me somewhere else, I could be stuck here for a little bit longer or shorter or whatnot. But, I mean, I've been all over the place. What they need from Wherever, wherever they decide you, they need you is where they send you, I guess. Yeah, I was stuck in Texas for my, the whole time I was there. I I went to El Paso at Fort Bliss first, and then I went to Iraq and came back, and I went to Fort Hood and just stayed in Texas the whole time. But like 10 hours apart from each other, though. Texas is big. <laughs> yeah, it is. There's some pretty good catfishing in Texas, uh, you know. The only thing that stunk was uh, my first place that I went to was Fort Bliss in El Paso, and the nearest body of water, like lake-wise, was Elephant Butte, and that was in New Mexico, and that was six hours away. That yep. stunk. There was, I did was there. Now, Tawakini's got some pretty nice fish in it. I know I read an article the other day where somebody thought that it was in the top ten. I'm not so sure uh, places to fish in the United States, because I didn't agree with a whole lot of them, but uh, you know, that, that is a wonderful place to fish, and, and uh, there's a couple of guides down there that, that put a lot of people on some really, really nice bluefish in the wintertime, but uh, whether it be in the top ten or not, I guess that would be a personal personal choice of how you go about it. But, um, Mark, you guys went out in this bad weather, and you don't have any top or anything on your boat. And, uh, how do these guys manage with that? I'm sure they was fine in there. Uh, we we went out to Walmart the night before and got them some rain gear. <laughs> <laughs> well, it a lot of people that fish tournaments they're they they got an idea the day before or something, and I've seen guys bail and not go fishing days when it's tough. But uh, you know, if you're in a tournament that you pay an entry fee in and you've already paid your entry, you got to go. And, uh, when you tell these guys you got to go, they don't tell you no when it's time for them to do their job, and you can't really say no when it's time to do yours. So uh, I know it was a tough deal, but I'm I'm sure they had a great time. They they all seem like it was just wonderful. They've been smiling since we've got them on here. So uh, I just you know we can't thank you enough for taking both of them out. And like I say, to to come up and and pound everybody like you did, that was just uh, was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Mark, we have a, we have a question for you from uh, somebody in the chat. It's I think it's Justin Wolf or it's Jay Wolf on there. Yeah. Uh, he, he's asking if flatheads were the target from the start, or did you just happen to catch them while fishing for channels or blues? Well, anybody that knows me, I'm pretty much a ledge fisherman. When I can get on a good ledge, I, that's what I like to fish and. 
I'll take whatever I'll take whatever comes up. I'm not going to say I was targeting flatheads, but I've caught flatheads along that island before. Do you catch a lot of flatheads on cut bait? In the spring, yes. <laughs> Until this last week tournament, I've never caught a flathead on cut bait. It's just been a myth to me. I told them when I went out with them, I said, I'm using live bluegills. You can use all the cut bait you want. <laughs> But I caught I caught it on bluegills and or I caught it on cut bait. So I took my bluegills off and used cut bait, and I ended up catching two flatheads on cut bait. <laughs> yeah. they lead it in the spring. We had a, a deal last week when we was talking about having you on the show, and Justin said then that they asked you about cut bait for flatheads, and uh, I was like Chris, I went years and years and years and I thought all these stories about people catching flathead on cut bait was a myth because I never ever caught one and uh, we fished a tournament that you fished over by Peoria here a year or two ago and and uh, I think we caught seven or eight <laughs> flatheads that night none of them was real big but we was on the Illinois River every one of them come off flat uh, cut bait and I've not caught one on cut bait since you know but you know, I know it does happen yeah, I think some of the guys down there on the Ohio in the spring catch them on cut bait, too. Yeah, I think they do. And, and uh, fresh cut shad uh, seems to be the choice. I, I don't know of anybody that was catching much of anything uh, at the Quincy tournament other than on shad. There may have been some guys that had some skipjack or something, and there might have been some stink baiters. I don't know. But uh, I think the majority of the fish that was caught was caught on fresh shad. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say that it took Aaron an awful long time to get that flathead in the boat. We were getting tired of it. Well, uh, it, it was a secret bringing that fish. <laughs> I'm sure I won't ever, uh, no one will let me live that one down on how I caught that fish. <laughs> well, I don't want to say anything. <laughs> hey, Mark, Mark, wait. Right. <laughs> when you had these guys out on the boat with you, would you was you really trying to um, teach them and show them things like that you were seeing on the depth finder or, you know, how to do certain techniques in, in the catfishing or, or was it just going out and trying to put fish on the boat? I was trying to teach them how to hook up on circle hooks and it was so rough out there that it was really hard to show them much. I'd yeah. point, you know, to the ledges on sonar, but it was just could, really couldn't get right there and really look stuff over like you wanted to. Yeah. You know, yeah you guys, cool. I have a, you know, something, if Mark was showing you all this stuff on his radio, on his sonar, you know, he's probably got GPS on there, and I fish against Mark a lot in several tournaments throughout the year, and if you guys noticed where any of the waypoints was, would you please send them to me, because it seems like every tournament that we go to, the marks in it is just like you take your money out of your wallet, and you just hand it to him because he gets <laughs> get most of it. I waypointed the spot, but I did I did it behind their back. I didn't even know I'm doing it. Oh man, he'd send you the uh, grid corners, but you probably won't catch anything unless you have me and uh, Daniel with you. So. Well, you know that that might happen too. You never know. <laughs> You guys have probably all fished circle hooks, and you know that you can't get on the rod too quick on a circle hook, or you're going to miss him. That's and right. That was what I, That was one of the biggest things I was trying to teach him right off the get go. 
And yeah, I just bought some too, so I'm uh, <laughs> still struggling with that to uh, not grab it and pull it right away. So. Well, it takes practice, and I'll tell you, I, I went years trying circle hooks, and I'd get mad, and I'd throw them away, and I'd buy some more, and I'd try them and throw them away, and, and pretty soon I decided the only way to learn how to correctly use a circle hook was to not take any other hook with me and make myself learn to use them. Uh, and after that, fishing a few days with them and, and having nothing else to change to and go back to the old ways, they are, they are the, the choice of what I use now. But uh, I'd get mad about something that happened. Because you you've been jerking on them hooks your whole life, and the first thing that happens is you get a bite and you jerk on it and you pull it out of their mouth, then you're mad because the circle hook didn't do its job. Well, it's not the hook's fault. It's the guy operating the rod. So if you uh, just quit using them and don't have them in the boat or have them in your tackle box and, and make yourself learn how to use them. You'll be way more happy uh, at the end of the, the your, your tournament or your, your time on the water. Uh, once you figure out how they work and what it takes to get them uh, to hook them fish, your percentages will go up a great deal. Yeah, and if, if you're fishing a tournament, that bite you don't see, that really ups your odds of hooking him. That's probably true, yeah. A lot of times they'll hook themselves up. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Well, I really don't have anything else for them. Have you guys got anything you've thought of? Um, no, not really. Chuck? No, I'm good. I got all my questions answered. All right. Um, Aaron, you and uh, Daniel, we can't thank you guys enough for everything you do and have done, and, and we really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I, I don't know what else we could talk about. If you guys have got anything that you'd like to mention or or uh, uh, any, I, I don't assume you have any sponsors, but if anyone you'd like to thank, now is your time to do so. I just want to say uh, thanks for having us on here, and uh, I thank Mark for having us out on this boat showing us new stuff and bringing us down to uh, where we need to be to catch some good fish. So, I mean, it's always good to go out there and uh, be a part of Fish for Freedom. And uh, definitely meet some other veterans. I just met Daniel out there, so it's always good to meet new people. And I'll definitely be trying to come back again next year. So look forward to it. Good deal. Yeah, I just want to thank Mark and uh, for taking me out when... He probably wasn't planning on it. I don't think anybody really was at that point. Uh, and thanks you guys for uh, having us on. And uh, I brought one buddy this year after I told him how much fun I had last year, and hopefully I can get another guy to come, another veteran to come, and kind of spread the word and try to make it a little bit more. Because I know there's plenty of guys out there that probably never even heard about it, but it, that might save, you know, and they may be having a bad time, and they go on that, and, you know, that may make them rethink their life, you know. <laughs> well, you know, and that's what, basically, that's what it's designed for, I, I believe, and, uh, is to take guys out and, and show them that, that they do have support. And I know uh, there is people that, that doesn't always give you guys the support you've earned and deserve, and, and uh, like I say, this is... If we only fish one tournament a year, as bad as I hate to miss Monsters in Ohio, this would be the tournament that we would fish just simply because it's our way of giving back a very little bit for everything that you guys do and have done for us. 
So thanks again for, for everything, and thanks for coming on the show. I will, I will tell you guys that if you're ever in Indiana and you need somebody to show you what not to do for catfishing, um, you're more than welcome to come out with me. <laughs> you always got a spot on my boat. I got my uh, my twin brothers on here uh, watching this live stream right now. He was up there at Fish for Freedom with us. He was like, hey, why don't you thank me? I was like, well, I'm going to thank you right now for uh, not winning. So, <laughs> if y'all ever get down here to Alabama, the home of the big blue cat, y'all let me know because I'm always looking for a reason to go fishing. Okay. Thank Definitely. you. Well, you guys got anything else for uh, Mark? I know he's got all the answers in the world. <laughs> um, I guess since since we got you on here, and it sounds like you're a really good uh, fisherman and everything in the area, um, I I'd ask you, what do you think has led to your success in 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 your area and, and what you're doing? Well, I don't know. You guys fish tournaments, soft fish tournaments, and we all know that a good tournament, good tournament fisherman probably spends 40% of his time getting good fresh bait. That'll, that'll help you have more success than anything, I think, in a tournament. Well, there's a lot of time on the water. You got to get out there and you got to fish. You can't just go to a tournament and expect to do good. You got to get out there and figure out where the fish are at. Now, would you say that, are you a hard spot fisherman where you go to specific spots, or do you look for the fish and find where they're at, and you find that they're not always in the same areas and they're in brand new areas at some points, or, or what, do you, what do you do about that? Well, different times of year, different water levels and temperatures, the fish are going to move on you. Now, I used to be a diehard anchor fisherman all the time on ledges, mostly fishing ledges, but... Since I learned how to drift, as soon as that current slows down and it warms up, I hardly ever drop an anchor anymore. It gets when you're in the competition and, and you see that you know you're an anchor fisherman and you see all these guys doing the drifting and they start consistently beating you. You realize you have to change your game and you have right. to adapt to it. Um, it. We deal with that. I mean, it's even at first I thought, okay, well I got to drift in the in the rivers, but I don't. I can anchor up on the lakes. And then I realized, guess what? Them guys drifting the lakes are beating me drifting the lakes. So now I got to drift everywhere. I mean, uh, you know, Cat River Anchor makes the best anchor in the world for when you have to use it. You know, I mean, but there is a lot of drifting going on in catfishing right now. Well, you cover so much more ground drifting. And, you know, there's there's guys that do the, what they call that dragging, the long lining. There's a lot of different types of it, but basically it's all the same thing. Yeah. I, I think that, I, you know, I talked with a buddy of mine today, and we were, we were discussing about in catfishing how um, basically your heroes in the sport are mostly all around, and you can go out there and you can fish against them and you can beat them. I mean, it, it's... It's tough, and they're really good in, on their water, but you have that opportunity uh, to do that in this sport, and it's it's a unique opportunity that not a lot of sports have. Yeah, well, just for example, in 06, we went and fished the Classic on Wilson, 
and I fished with a guy named Tyson Steinbacker, who's a very fine fisherman in his own right. And uh, we drifted for the first time. That's the first time we'd ever done it, and we trolled. And we caught over 440 pounds of fish in two days in the tournament and got third place. So that just shows you how effective it is. 500 pounds, I believe, won the tournament. Wow. Congrats on that, too. Yeah, well, that's, we were kind of hooked on drifting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, I mean, the spot fishing, it still has its place, you know, in certain scenarios and everything, but uh, drifting is, is where it's gone to. I think uh, the guys that go and, and know them spots, um, if they don't incorporate that, that with drift fishing, they probably aren't going to do as well as they could. Um, unless it's just, you know, totally river specific and, you know, river's just cranking and there is no anchoring up and, or no drifting, I mean. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's definitely, uh, it's gone there. Do you use the uh, iPilot or on the... Mix? Yeah, I've got a Tarova with iPilot. Yeah, iPilot Tarova. Yep, I, I, uh, I have the new Altera. It turns some heads. I love doing the uh, whole... Um, trailer in it or you know taking it off the trailer <laughs> you turn some heads and people are like they look at you at first like you're crazy and the, you know like what's he doing he just threw his boat off in the water with nobody in it but once they see you jump out and you're, you're controlling your boat and you go out there and you anchor lock it and go park it you know they're they're like that's awesome you know and it's right. you got that remote and that remote I have the Altera 112 and I have a big deep V boat and it pulls it pulls that boat around. It's only like a 17 and a half foot boat. It, it'll pull me at four mile an hour uh, with no current and everything. So you know, having them good trolling motors, I think there's been there's been a a few occasions where I've had motor problems, and my trolling motor has brought me back to the to the ranch. Yeah. You know, well, the, go ahead. The trouble with the iPilot and the remote, it's Basically, if you're trying to, like, if you're by yourself in the boat, trying to drift or whatever, it's like having an extra man in the boat. Yeah. The next thing I want to have is the they have the new micro remotes that you can get. Um, I want my partner to be able to have a remote, so that way if I'm landing a fish or whatever and he can control the trolling motor for me and, and it's not just one person in my boat, I believe it's it's capable of, of uh, multiple remotes on the same unit, so... That's my next upgrade for mine. Yeah. That's all I have for you. I don't know if Chuck or Lyle had any more questions for you. Yeah, about. I got I got something from Mark. <clears throat> Mark, when your um, when your fun week comes up, or you know everybody's got a week or two they take vacation and they just want to go fun fish with their friends or go by themselves and chase their favorite species. Uh, where do you like to go, and, and what species do you like to go after? Well, I mean, Wilson or Wheeler for blues is just, you, you don't even have to say, that's just great down there. But I love to drift the, the uh, Mississippi at St. Louis and Alton. I mean, if I've got free time and I can get on some big water, I love to fish for blues, but... So I'm just as happy just drifting the Illinois. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of guys that 
you know that they spend just as much money to to run up to the Red River and, and chase and try to get that big 40-pound channel cat, and they could have just as easy spent that same amount of money and come down to Wilson or Wheeler. But you know, uh, everybody's got their favorite thing to go after for some reason or another, and that's just what they love to do. Well, if you really love to fish for channel cat, everybody should go to on the red up there at Selkirk, Manitoba at least once because it's something else. I've been up there one time and I'd like to go back. You went on the uh, Canadian side? Yeah, we were up at Selkirk, Manitoba. Oh, wow. I've heard that's very nice up there. Are you talking the 25-pound, 30-pound channel cats up there? Biggest we caught while we were there was 29, but we saw a lot of big pictures. Big old meatheads. I yeah. mean, I, they're beautiful fish, man. They're they come out of that cool lake water coming up that river, and they really fight hard. That's what I was going to say. Pound for pound, a channel cat in a river is some of the hardest fighting fish. There, I couldn't even imagine a 25, 29-pound channel cat. Yeah, up, there, up there in Canada, it's barbless hooks, too. You can't use a barb hook. So that, uh, a 30-pound channel is probably equal to a 50 pound blue cat uh, I would think because I caught a 17 pound channel cat and I caught it on medium tackle I would say it was a uh, 6500C with a, a, a regular medium heavy ugly stick catfish rod and that is the best fight I've ever had in my life well I think the blue I think the blues they pull so hard because they got all that weight to work with. I think they wear out quicker. I think a channel cat would outlast them, but I love catching blues too, and they're they're a blast to catch. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, what well, I'm saying, pound per pound, if if you caught a, a a twenty pound flathead, twenty pound blue, twenty pound channel, um, I I believe twenty pound channel would take them from the river. No doubt. <laughs> the river channels definitely fight harder than the lake channels. I've noticed that with all the, the channel catfishing I've done. They, I don't know if they just develop them muscles more fighting current and stuff, but man. They get their aerobics. Yeah. But with, with a blue, to me, the fight is at the beginning and at the near the end. Once they once they get on, they got, a, they got a bit of fight to them. A little bit in the middle, there's not much there. You're kind of just sometimes just winching them up. And when they get near the top and they're like, wait a minute. No, that's when I say they're getting bigger. You know, most of the time you ever watch any of my videos where I catch a big blue, I'm like, oh, he's getting bigger. <laughs> and that's because he's like, he got up near the top of the water, and he's like, no, nah, I ain't doing this. <laughs> so I, that's, you know, they're good fighters. They're just, they're different. They've got, they've all got a different fight to them. Well, you, you guys are talking about fishing tournaments, something very handy to keep in the boat, especially if you're anchoring, and you guys already know this, but uh, a float on your anchor anchor line, that way if you do hook on, up on something big, you can throw your anchor rope and go get him, because the object in a tournament is to get him in the boat, not to fight him. Yeah. The longer you fight him, the better your odds are you're going to lose him. Correct, and it's very hard to get positioned exactly where you want to be sometimes and if you can get back to that anchor rope again and get it connected back up you're in your exact same spot again also 
You can't. I use a clothespin and put it on the clip it on the rope before I cut it loose. That way, I know exactly where I had it tied to the boat. But right. I can't. I can't stress enough in those fast rivers, especially when you come back up to pick that buoy up. Be very careful, because if you overrun that buoy and get that rope in your prop, you're in big trouble. Oh yeah. Yep. Mark, I got the. Uh, I know that you fish a lot of tournaments all year long, and and uh, you fish all over the place. We all know that. If you had your choice between fishing uh, a tournament for whatever is available, blues, flatheads, or channel cats, or you could go to strictly a channel cat tournament, which would you choose? I'd probably take the channel cat. Yeah. I kind of figured that would be the case, but you know, uh, I, I know uh, you absolutely uh, are deadly on the Illinois River channel cat. I, I, seeing you in action. It's amazing the things that you can do. and uh, I, I almost knew that would be the correct answer, but I wanted to make sure. I think that's all I got, guys, unless you guys got something else. Uh, I wish I wish Daniel would have got to go out with Joe and Jerry because those guys are top-notch fishermen, and they would have put him on some good fish. Absolutely. If I'm not mistaken, now I know they won it last year, but I'm not sure they didn't win it a couple years in a row up there uh, with the guys that they took. So yeah, you and, and those two are characters, especially Jerry and Joe, they're just so really they're they're um, the guy next door kind of guy. They're complete professionals in what they do, but they are absolutely some of the finest guys in our sport, and, and I just think the world are into them. And uh, I, it's a shame that you didn't get to get the boat with him. It really is. Well, I think he's going to take me out uh, over on Lake Springfield and try to try to get me some cat some catfish going on over there. So. Well, that, that it'll be a lot of fun. Joe and Jerry they love the lake over there. They fish it a lot, and and uh, you know if there's a uh, a fish that that'll be running around there that, that's looking to, for something to eat. I know they'll be able to put you on them because they both live right there, and, and like I say, they fish you quite a bit. Anything else, fellas? Uh, I got one thing. Uh, I had some motor issues the day before the tournament with my shifter and uh, a fuel leak, and I'd like to thank. Uh, Darren at FNR Marine in Beardstown and Lonnie at Aquatech Marine in Quincy because they both went way out of their way to help me out and get me going. You know, Darren is, I don't know the guy at Quincy, but I know Darren, he's donated some prizes and stuff to our tournament. And uh, he is really a good guy. He does all kinds of cool stuff for, for all of us tournament fishermen and for the average everyday guy. Uh, if you guys ever get need or anything uh, in marine stuff and you're in the Beardstown, Illinois area, just get there to shout. Uh, I know Mark and I have talked about this, and, and uh, he stepped up and done a bunch of stuff and got him going the day before the tournament. Isn't that right, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. Dropped everything he was doing to make sure that he had his boat ready to go, and uh, that's the kind of guy that, that you want to see, and, uh, you know, that that's outstanding that he would do that for you. Absolutely, I think the businesses that do that should should be uh, very well spoken of, and and people should know that, so that way they can take their money there, because there is 
I, there's a lot of companies that won't do that, or they don't they won't don't want to put the effort or energy into helping you. It might be later in the day, and they want to get off work and go home. And I've had that situation where I was basically given bad information from two different dealerships, and you know it was more that they just didn't want to take the time out to to try to help me. Then and and I you know I had to go and get somebody else's boat for a tournament because I thought my lower unit was bad and and come to find out, you know, I take it to my local marina where they know me and, the, and they don't have any problems helping me out. It, it wasn't a bad lower unit, just needed some seals. Yep. Um, so definitely the guys that take that time to help you out last minute, end of the day, any of that kind of stuff, those are the, the, the companies and businesses you want to support as much as possible. Well, you can't beat Darren. He's just a really good guy and he really knows his stuff. We was at a tournament over on the Illinois River a couple of years, or last year, I think it was, maybe year before, John... Nordyke's boat wouldn't start or something and uh, ended up being a fuel pump and Darren spent I don't know how much time right there before the tournament takeoff trying to get him going uh, so he could go fish and John ended up using his trolling motor and trolled around there uh, because it was a fuel pump issue but uh, you know he didn't have to do that he stepped up and done it then uh, something that sticks in my mind was last year we was up in Burlington Iowa and Cindy and I had some problems with the boat, and uh, we ran up, and Mike Bean at Dave's Marine that was the same way. Uh, dropped what he was doing, went in there. It took him about five minutes. Hell, I didn't know what was the matter with it, but he knew exactly what it was. Stuck his hand down in there and done whatever kind of magic that he'd done, and we was all fixed. And it's the kind of guys that, that uh, you know, that's, that's what we're all looking for, uh, and, and they support what we do. So those guys, uh, we've got to give a shout-out to all those guys that help us out. Well, Chris, you got any uh, closing statements? Uh, yeah. Um, first thing is, I'm I'm very sad to tell you guys that uh, I'm going to be departing Catfish Weekly. The 29th of this month is going to be my last episode. I'm going to move on to being the president of the Indiana Catfish Association. Uh, working on my what my own website, Fud Goes Catfishing. I've kind of let it fall to the wayside uh, with everything I've got going on, so I'm going to be going back to doing that. Um, I'm going to miss everybody. It's been a great experience doing this. Um, besides that, um, I think we have the Indiana Catfish Association has a tournament in two weeks. Um, I believe it's at New Albany. It's, again, going to be a night tournament. Um, I can make sure real quick here for you guys. Uh, this we just recently this last Saturday we had an overnight tournament at Bass Lake. Congratulations to Mary Jane and Terry. Uh, finished first place in that. This tournament was very close in a lot of places. There was within ounces was was first and second place two ounces. Um, Andrew and Nick Hahn, um, big fish third place. Good job to them. Um, you know there was this was a good lake we went up to. We didn't know how we were going to do. Uh, we had it planned for Max and Cucky, and we we moved it again on the last uh, last minute, which we've moved about every tournament in the ICA, and I sincerely apologize for that. Uh, I hope next year we'll uh, have a better uh, schedule set up, and I had nothing to do with the schedule for this year. We all kind of voted on it. Um, but yeah, the 27th is uh, New Albany. It's an open tournament. You don't have to be a member. Um, yes, it is, an, it is a night tournament, Scott Wiseman told me. Um, so hopefully we'll see you guys there. Sixty dollar entry fee. 
Um, the points and everything on the IndianaCatfish.com is is up to date. Uh, the picture that's there is not. I haven't, I haven't updated the picture. Um, so I just uh, I, I'll miss you guys, like I said, and and hopefully uh, you guys will will keep in touch with me on Fud Goes Catfishing. I'm I'm gonna be there quite a bit doing the stuff that I did before. So that's all I have. Yep. Uh, yeah, there was a couple of bad accidents this weekend. There was one here um, in Gadsden, Alabama, a 28-year-old um, fell out of the boat, slid out of the boat, didn't know how to swim, didn't have a life vest on, and uh, as far as I know, they're still looking for him. There was a, um, a toddler that fell out of a pontoon boat in Indiana. He had just got through swimming, got back into the boat, um, I guess they let him take his life vest off or he took it off and they heard a splash and he was a goner so it's very very important that these kids keep their life vests on from the time they get 25 foot from the lake because you can't keep your eye on them every second and when they're in that boat if they cannot keep that life vest on it's time to go to the house um, I don't know why this kid wasn't attended. They said they heard a splash. I don't know if they took him out of the water and they decided to swim on their own and thought he would be okay in the boat. But, um, you know, this awareness of, you know, this these um, life vests on these children and the guys that don't know how to swim, the guy in the Coosa River did not know how to swim. And from what I heard, he jumped in the lake. Um, and tried to cool off and keep a hold of the boat. And when he jumped off the side, um, I guess he lost a hold of the boat and just went straight down. So, um, you know, if, if you're out with your friends and, uh, you know, make sure they keep life vests on if they're sw uh, swimming in these wild river, uh, rivers and lakes that have no bottoms, uh, because if it's over your head, it's pretty much bottomless to me. And that's all I got. Also, adding on to that, Chuck, actually, the little kid in Indiana wasn't the only one. If I if I remember right, uh, a young man was out with friends in uh, tubing the rivers and streams, I guess. And, and with all the rain and everything that we're getting, uh, the rivers and the streams are, are way out of control and over overblown, and they're only going to get worse. And the DNR has said, um, you know, you need... You need to stay away from them. Even just going out and messing around near them can be deadly. And you know, just the the main thing is, is when we have the rain like we're getting, and you see that these streams uh, are getting, you know, even if they're they they're normally small little streams. When we get the kind of rain we're getting now, you underestimate the power that these little streams can carry, and they can drag you down and 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 pin you down under something. And it 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 really is, you know. Nothing to be messing around or, or playing around with just to go out and have a little bit of fun. There's other safer ways and things to do. Well, safety has to be your main concern whenever you're doing anything like that. And um, I, Something that, that bears in my mind all the time is safety has to be first. And if you don't have the respect for the water that it deserves, uh, it will hurt you. And uh, you've got to give those rivers and lakes the uh, the respect that they deserve, and, and you can have a lot of fun on them. And uh, I agree with Chuck. Uh, 
small children, and uh, and that, uh, from my perspective, it depends on each individual child, how they was brought up, or whether they's around water a lot or this or that. Some of them mature a little faster than others, but they should all be made to wear life jackets. And and, and you're right, you cannot watch them 100% of the time. They're going to sneak around. They're going to uh, run off and play games, and the next thing you know, they're in the water, and you're running, scrambling, trying to find out what's going on. So uh, keep them life jackets on them kids and and, uh, and keep everything going. I believe the next tournament for the Twisted Cat Outdoors is Keokuk, Iowa. I think it's July 11th. be a night tournament. I uh, hope everybody can come up and make it. Uh, again, thank you, Aaron, and and Daniel for being on. Mark, I can't thank you enough for what you've done taking these gentlemen out. And uh, uh, thanks for coming on the show. I know we had some issues getting you hooked up, but it worked out. We had a great time. Thank you again for being on, and uh, I'll be seeing you on the walk. Okay. Good. All right, guys. Unless somebody else has got something else, that's going to be the end of the show. Thank you again, everybody, for watching, and we'll see you next week. One more thing. Okay. Stay out of my spot. Ha, ha, ha.